Welcome back to another episode of the Marriage Puzzle Podcast with Thomas and Julie Hobby. This week, we are privileged to have a special guest with us, Dr. John Deloney, who is a best-selling author of the book Redefining Anxiety. He's a mental health expert and host of the Dr. John Deloney Show. He has two PhDs and over two decades of experience in counseling, and he's going to be on this episode with us talking about Uh, the title of our episode, which is Don't Say the D Word. And we are talking about the mental health impacts of threatening divorce and uh, how that can impact each individual. So without any further ado, let's dive right into the episode. John, thank you for being here. Dude, thank you so much for having me. The marriage puzzle. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, we kind of came up with the thought of that, that, you know, marriages are, you know, you you see this pretty picture when you want to get married and it's like the outside cover of a box, a a box of a puzzle. You're like, oh, I can do that. And then you open it up and it's a big mess and you have to flip over one (laughs) puzzle piece at a time and figure out how it fits together. So uh, that's, that's where they left some of the pieces out of my box. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're feeling the same way. So, uh, but uh, it's, you know, we, we just, as you go through and I mean, you spend a lot of time on a puzzle and you just piece it together one by one until you you know, I guess in this case, until death do us part. So you know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. This puzzle ends in death. I love it. Um, so, so yeah, you know, uh, thank you again for being here. Um, you know, I uh, found out about you uh, a while back when you first uh, came on as a Ramsey personality. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had just gone through uh, the Ramsey preferred coach training to come on as a financial coach and. So I was listening to the Dave Ramsey show a lot more frequently to just keep learning more information. And, you know, one day you were co-hosting, I think it was the day that they really announced you as a personality. Um, and I was, I was like, Hmm, how does, how does mental health tie in with money? I don't know. I'm not sure how that's going to work, but man, after the first call I was sold and I've been hooked ever since. So, um, it's, uh, it's been a fun ride to kind of listen to everything that you have to say and, you know, it actually benefited our personal relationship uh, as well because, uh, you know, my wife was struggling with some anxiety. So I was able mm-hmm. to say, hey, I've been listening to this guy, Dr. John Deloney. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got his own show and, you know, he's written this book. Why don't you check him out? And so. Yeah, did. I, I did start listening to um, podcasts and your show. And then I got um, Redefining Anxiety, the the book you wrote. So the, pa- the pamphlet. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a quick read, but it, it was amazing. It really um, impacted you. my life. I recommend it. it's on our website now so that our listeners wow. can <laughs> reach out to it um, just because it was so practical to um, and, and I like reading like authors that I can also listen to and I feel like I know them. So I'm really like celebrity crushing right now (laughs) can i say that on a marriage podcast (laughs) so yeah i'm so oh this just came easily in my favorite podcast i've been on (laughs) that's great that's great so um... (laughs) next question this gets we're gonna get real weird (laughs) no thank you so much i'm um um i never thought anybody would read that book and so it's been really remarkable (laughs) listening to people um talk about how it's impacted them so thank you so much yeah tell our listeners more about your background though so they can relate to you as well like we have i I mean that first that first time you heard me on the radio was the first time i'd ever been on the radio i spent the last 20 years trying to avoid the internet completely i didn't have any social media or anything i did back at facebook back in college i think and Mm -hmm. um i just really focused on walking with people in their day-to-day stuff. I've worked in colleges for about the last, I think, 15 or 16 years. 
as a dean of students and so sitting with people behind closed doors dealing with all kinds of mess and then i hmm. did work with the police department after hours and um then ended up going back to grad school to get another degree in counseling and so done actual therapy um it's been a remarkable journey just sitting with people when the wheels fall off or when they're about to fall off or when things the engine start to smoke and um helping folks as they make the next right decision for their life and never thought i'd be on the radio or putting makeup on and doing podcasts but <laughs> here we are man so uh it's 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 been cool it's just fun just to in an honor just to walk with people man that's great well you really really helped us um we know you're helping so many people um with how many you know shows we've already listening listened to so in our podcast we're in a, a series called 15 lessons after 15 years of marriage so we've been married for 15 years oh, fantastic so we're trying to you know put some stuff that we've um, either experienced and had to learn the hard way or stuff that we just kind of put down right away in our marriage that we were going to do differently than others. And so um, the lesson we're coming up on is uh, we titled it Don't Say the D Word. And the D word is uh, divorce. So yeah. on, we, we did both agree that we weren't going to threaten uh, divorce. We weren't going to even say that word. <laughs> it wasn't an option for us. But why we wanted to have you on with this topic was because, um, like Thomas said, I did go through a season. I still have, you know, triggers of anxiety attacks and things like that that can take me back to that um, point in my life that I realized how impactful words were. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just from that of people in marriages who are throwing that around maybe for fun or uh, as a threat, um, what would you say you know, how impactful that is to the mental health um, of the marriage of someone saying that or someone receiving that or any thoughts on that? Yeah, man, I, I love that rule. Can I ask where that came from? Like, wh where'd y'all pick that rule up when you first got married? Um, I think that it was just kind of a, a common agreement. I mean, we knew... I mean, we got we got married young. I mean, she said we've been married for 15 years. That means we've only we got married at 10 years old. So, uh, you know. <laughs> no, but we really we were 19 and 20. Yeah. So, wow. so, um, so we were uh, I think we just kind of both came from backgrounds. Where we were like, you know, uh, we'll get into this later. But um, both of our sets of parents had been divorced. And so we kind ah, of had a okay. mindset of we don't want to go down that road so let's just kind of make an agreement up front that 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 option option just isn't on the table for us mm. and that's that's where it came from that's where it originated from for us i love love that rule i love it um it, at its core threatening somebody with divorce violates our our deepest need which is connection mm -hmm. and so when you threaten somebody with divorce, you're weaponizing relationship. Mm. You're weaponizing fracture. And um, there is there is no greater need for any person other than, you know, food and water is um, this. I, it, there's nothing greater than being known and still love. And if I'm going to threaten you with I get what I want, if you, you're not the, the person I thought you were, I wanted this, whatever the reason. I'm going to threaten you with this connection. That sets off every alarm somebody has. You can't walk on a foundation of trust. You can't walk on a foundation of till death do us part. If somebody's always, you know, 
it's kind of like when you're driving in the kids are in the back seat and one of them has a finger right by the other one it's like not touching not touching not touching well you know what i mean it makes you crazy it's it's like well i i, I might go i might just go you can never be fully present you can never be fully there everything you do is a reaction or a um everything you're doing is so that this doesn't happen right i think the beauty of marriage is that y'all both say we are anchored until death do us part and that allows us to repel over the side and if somebody says well i might just i might just bail out you can't you can't jump and that means you can't do any of the great things together (laughs) that a marriage is designed to let people do that's awesome so would you say is it um in your opinion is it kind of a form of manipulation like using that as a, a threat to it it can be it, it can be manipulative it can be i just i just the word that keeps coming to mind is it becomes a weapon it yeah. becomes yeah it can be a manipulation you know Ter- terrence real one of the great master therapists says that people in relationships they either do power one up or one down and i think threatening divorce works both ways you can do it loud and angry that i'm out of here or you can, and that's one up, that's, you know, that's flexing in a relationship where we all know either it's in our family or in somebody else's family that, that, that mom, that's just like, well, I, I, I guess y'all just go eat wherever you want to. And I'll just stay at home. And I think there's some tuna fish left and I'll just stay here. And what it, that's controlling and manipulative too, right? That's running the house. It's just doing it from the one down position from the woe is me, poor me. I'll just, and so that person can think, well, I guess, I guess since you don't love me anymore, I'll just go find somewhere else to live and we can just get divorced and you can go do whatever you want to do. Right. That's the same power move. So I think it's, it's, um, yeah, manipulation is a great word. It's a power move. It's just weaponizing relationships. It's gross. It's a trauma, right? And it's beating somebody up and uh, passive aggressively. It's, it's violence is what it is. It's passive aggressively um, or aggressively taking over somebody. Is, do you think there's any practical step that someone can take, you know, on either side, the, the uh, giving side of that or the receiving side of that to try and help break out of that uh, vortex, so to speak, that vacuum? Because, I mean, I feel like once you go down that road, it's going to be easier to keep going back down that road and keep threatening it than it is to attack the situation head on, figure out the root cause of that feeling is there a practical way that someone can kind of say, hey, you know what, I, I don't like that that's being said. I, I don't want that to be the end for us. How do we fix that and not go from the perspective you were saying of feeling like everything I do is to prevent that? How do we kind of nip that that in the bud? Yeah, I'm going to answer that in a roundabout way. Okay. So back when I was 21, um, I was in Los Angeles meeting with, I thought I was going to be an actor. And then they looked at my face and they're like, well, why not for you? <laughs> but I was meeting with agents and managers and that whole thing. And um, a, 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 a guy who was kind of mentoring me through that process, I had one semester left of college. And here's the advice he gave me. He said, drop out. Drop out and then come out here and go for it. And there was a writer st- or an actor strike happening. So it was a great time to go out there and get your foot in because people weren't working. And I said, man, I got to finish college and I got to get my degree. I'm this close. Let me do that. And then I'll come out. And he gave me this piece of advice. He says, if you have a degree, you'll be tempted to get a full-time job. And you'll have a full-time job as your backup plan. And here's was where he was really wise. He says, if you have a backup plan, you'll use it. 
And the only people that make it out here are people that have to act to eat, that have to work to write, to show up to sets at 4.30 in the morning to lift you know, microphones, whatever. Those are the folks that make it. They have no other option. And so if you are threatening divorce, if you are saying there's always this other option, you're never going to be fully invested in fixing a problem. You're never going to be fully invested in saying, hey, I need to not work at this job anymore because it's hurting this, our family. We need to move to a new city. We need to, you always have this backup plan. Well, if it just doesn't work out, or if I just don't feel good, or if I don't like it or whatever, we can always do this other plan. Mm-hmm. And so the only way marriage works is if you both anchor in and say, that's not an option. We don't have that as a backup plan. We've got to deal with whatever comes. Let's solve these problems. Let's heal these things. Let's say, I'm sorry. Let's forgive. Let's come back, which is the cycle of marriage over and over and over. And you can punch somebody in the face and you can break their nose and there's inflammatory responses. There's a fight or flight response, all that stuff. I can get really close to you and make a fist and say, I'm going to hit you in the face. And almost everything in your body reacts similarly. The only thing that doesn't happen is your nose doesn't get broken. But your body still dumps adrenaline cortisol into your body. It's, your heart starts racing. Your body starts eating itself from the inside out, fighting, preparing to run away. So the violence, as far as I'm concerned, the threat is just a shade, just a hair under the reality. And so, yeah, I think the threat of I'm out of here, I'm leaving, I'm weaponizing this relationship. If you do this, I'm gone. Um, that's just as violent as walking out. I mean, it's, 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 it's almost worse because it's walking out, but you're still in the same house, right? Mm-hmm. You end up two inches apart and 2,000 miles away from each other. Yeah. You, you're on the same couch, but there's the gap is, <laughs> no, it's 1,000 miles, but we're right next to each other. Man. Yeah, it, it can be disassociating. It's gaslighting. It just takes your soul from it. Yeah, yeah, I, that, that's a great analogy and um, insight into kind of the, physiological effects that happen in a situation like that um we we talked about this a few minutes ago in terms of our upbringing how you know we both came from divorced families uh, but the the interesting thing about that is our grandparents generation both sets of our grandparents were married over 50 years um and so so then our parents uh were not they did not stay married they got divorced and then there came us so i mean obviously you know the the family perspective and, and your upbringing has some type of an impact on your relationship when you walk into a marriage. I mean, you at least come from a certain point of view of how you've been raised and, and look at it. Um, what, what are some of the effects that, uh, that, can, that can have on a marriage and, and how you walk into it? And you know, if you come from an unhealthy place, how can you change your mindset towards that aware what are some things you can do to change your mindset going into that new marriage so that's such a great question and i think this is the cornerstone i can get sidetracked pretty easily because i'm i'm interested in this so call me back to that make sure i land that plane okay Okay. um so our grandparents our great-grandparents they fell in love over a series of years Mm -hmm. they didn't get married to complete one another they got married for economic reasons because it was the right thing to do. There was a sense of duty. There was partnership on the farm or running the household. Um, it was what you did. It was duty. And then they be, you become 
they became the arms and legs of one another, right? And so this desire, this, the way I heard my, my grandparents were married 71 years, I think, before my granddad passed away. The way they talked about each other was the way you talk about your shoulders. They're a part of it. Mm -hmm. right. She didn't literally know how I'm going to be able to function without that, right? Mm -hmm. That's different than Titanic, than, you know, than you see somebody on a boat and the music swells and Celine starts singing. And it's like, oh, right. That there's, that's different. That wasn't how or why they got into relationships. In fact, across the history of the world, we're in a new world. And then our parents, this was, this blew my mind. Our parents got married sort of for duty-ish. And then the world shifted. Women were not allowed to get their own checking account until the 70s. Wow. They had to have their husband go with them. So when I think of my parents who got married in the early 70s, they got married in one, one world where my mom had to get, have my dad go with her to get a checking account mm -hmm. to sign for a banknote to the whole world opened up, right? Then the laws were passed, and then my mom obtained financial independence. And then over time, she was making more money than my dad for a season. Mm -hmm. The world shifted underneath everybody. And so suddenly... I don't, I'm not bound by these rules. I can go do whatever I want. And there, it just shook the snow globe of duty and what marriage looks like. The picture shifted underneath folks. And so I'm amazed and in awe of our parents' generation, those that stuck it out and that figured it out. My dad is an infinitely different human than he was 50 years ago when him and my mom got. He's had to shift. And the way Terrence Real says it, I love it. Esther Perel says it, is... The world changed for women, and it didn't change for them. Mm -hmm. They got the head, still had the same rule. You still got to be tough. You still got to flex. You still got to go to work. And women were told, your voice matters. You can go be successful at home. But when they got home, it was like, oh, you still got to do all these domestic stuff, too. And so now we're in this world where we're trying to figure that out live, right? We're changing the oil in the car while it's driving down the road. And so to go back to, to your original question, what we got from our parents was two people trying to figure out how to run on a, on a, on a sidewalk that was shaken underneath. Okay. And our picture of marriage comes directly from the home we live. In. Right. And so we have to decide we want something just like that. or We want something totally different. And if you want something totally different, you've got to understand your body's going to be trying to solve for that equilibrium all the way. And so you're going to have to learn different ways of talking, different ways of being uncomfortable, different ways of solving conflict, different ways of saying, I'm sorry. Everything you do is going to be new and it's going to be in opposition to what your body wants. Even though your body knows divorce sucks and it's trauma and it's hard, it's still going to be familiar, right? And so you, and it's an uphill climb. That's why divorce is so hard on kids because it sends them on a trajectory for the rest of their life. Absolutely. That's, yeah. That ring, so y'all are from divorce homes. Does that ring true? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, not, uh, again, we talked about this in the beginning that, you know, we kind of set that rule for ourselves so that we both knew, you know, we were anchored in to go the other direction. So, you know, if either one of us starts to veer off, someone kind of pick up the slack and help get us back on because we, we established that up front. But I'd be willing to guess that there are couples who get married that just, that just don't think about that. They don't know that just, you know, not, not to their fault or, or to anything, but um, because they just don't think through that ahead of time and they may come from a similar background, their, you know, your analogy of changing the oil while you're driving down the road rings true to that because they're just kind of figuring out as they go along. 
and then some of those feelings can creep in because of what has been familiar in their past. Um, so, I mean, is that just a matter of really just trying to continue to talk it out as you're going to make sure that, that you know, we, we stay away from this threatening of divorce? Yeah, I... I think I think it's easy to make proclamation. It's easy to to go on autopilot and not even think about it. Like we're getting married, of course we're going to be here forever. Right. Not understanding what that my picture of marriage, my body understands that picture of marriage as one that ends, that changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get couples like you who have seen divorce, you felt divorce, you say, I, I I refuse to have that a part of my life, and we make a proclamation. But we don't realize that you know we've got these default settings that are going to be oh i re- i withdraw from conflict mm-hmm. oh there's a fight i'm going in it with i'm jump swan diving into that fight <laughs> and so it's a it's a daily practice it's not just a proclamation in a in a cheering section it's a i'm really uncomfortable and i saw my dad withdraw here i'm going to lean in this is the part where my mom would slam the cabinets till the glasses fell out I'm going to let take my hand off the glasses and I'm going to go for a walk, right? It is a daily grind to say, no, I'm going to stay in this. I'm going to stay in it. Over time, your body adjusts, man. It shifts and it learns new patterns, but it has to unlearn the patterns that our parents taught. I, I like the, you may have heard me say this. We speak in pictures, but we think, we speak in words, but we think in pictures, right? Gotcha. We speak in words, but we think in pictures. What that means is you and your wife can say, we're going to stay married forever. Your picture of marriage, hers might be that she's going to work full time and be a partner in a law firm. And you're going to stay at home with the kids. And your picture of marriage might be the exact reverse of that. Right. So you both said marriage, you both said we're all in, but your picture of marriage is very different. Mm. I think it's critical for couples who grew up in homes of divorce or any couple to every day, every week say, what's our, par- our, our picture of this week? What's that going to look like? And then you're going to get 50 or seven years down the road and you're going to look back at your marriage. But marriage is about daily decisions, minute by minute decisions. I choose you. I choose you over me. I love you often more than I love myself. And we're going to go from there. Right. That's That's perfect. Yeah. So that's why this is a really big lesson for us of don't say the D word because, you know, to hone in your point. There is no backup plan, so don't threaten the backup plan, and yeah. you won't have to choose that. So just think of threats as divorce. I mean, not threats as divorce. Think of threats as violence. Don't do. Yeah. yeah. Don't commit violence. Right? That's huge. That's huge. I I could talk to you all day, but um, is before, um, before we go, is there any other just open floor for you? Any other marriage tips or advice? Anything you want to share to our marriage puzzle audience? I think it's important to remember that we often marry our unfinished business. Um, we often, we, our bodies are so primed for the familiar that, you know, you, you grow up in a house and a dad yells or a mom is absent and you say, I'm never going to marry a woman like that or a guy like that. And maybe your new husband doesn't yell, but he just goes in the basement and plays a video. It looks different, but he's just as absent as your dad was from the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, his absence looks different, or maybe your mom didn't leave you, but she sits there on her, but your new wife sits there on her phone 24 seven and disappears in a crowded room, right? We have to be highly intentional about knowing that we marry our unfinished business and leaning into, uh, we can't heal other people. 
they've got to do the hard work and heal themselves. We can heal this relationship, but um, be very aware of the people you're walking into, those recurring relationship patterns that we have over and over and over. I'd love to ask you guys this. Um, what's something y'all are working through right now? That's a good question. <laughs> Our biggest thing that we work on daily is, is communication and not just communicating logistics yeah the the schedule what we're doing tomorrow who's taking the kids here there um really still getting to know each other mm -hmm. so that it didn't just stop at the wedding at the honeymoon that just like you said that the relationship the world changes so you're changing so you know my husband's changing i want to keep getting to know that person and how mm -hmm. i can support them and so i would say that's our our daily you know thing to achieve is learning how to communicate and get to know each other better. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree because, you know, uh, we, haven't, we haven't talked about this, but we have three kids. We've got twin seven-year-old boys and a two-year-old daughter. So interruptions in our household are very frequent. So <laughs> yeah. just getting the opportunity to talk uninterrupted, we mm. have to still be intentional about that time to make it deep conversation rather than just, okay, we're, we, we, the, the kids are quiet. Now let's figure out what we have to do tomorrow to survive again. And we have mm. to figure out how to still get that done because we need to know how to survive the next day but also saying okay what's what's something new that we haven't talked about yet what's what's something new going on in your life or you know um what are you feeling and and get get down deep in those conversations uh, it has to be intentional for us and uh, i think we can easily tell when we fall off that that wagon because you know that's when the tension starts you know you're not mm. kind of getting to know that person anymore um mm. when we just kind of get stuck in the same groove we have to intentionally break out of that so so yeah you have a daily practice um when the kids go to bed at night um before we go do our own things or even sit down to watch tv even if it's something together um, it's kind of that like sigh of relief. Like we have, you know, we did our work or <laughs> the kids are in bed and it's like, oh, you know, <sighs> and then that's when we sit down and talk or do, and we, we actually keep like a talk list <laughs> as well I love um, it. of things that literally we never run out of things to talk about. Cause if we're like, we, we have that built in every night into our schedule, like, 30 minutes, but sometimes it goes an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. But um, I love that some nights it's like, well, let's just go to bed instead of watching TV because we had that talk time. Mm. But there's never a, I have nothing to talk to you about because then we're like, let's look at the notes. What what have we been adding to that in our phones all week so that when we have that uninterrupted time, we get to have the the talk or schedule a time to talk about it later or something like that but that's kind of our our daily practices i <laughs> love that level of intentionality that y'all write down things that i want to share mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you how many times i've been sitting at a restaurant and just been staring at my wife thinking there's something i want to talk to you about. <laughs> and we just end up sitting there right so that's so good yeah. um if i if i give you one recommendation would you try it out and then just um shoot me a note back and let me know if it's working or if it's a terrible idea Yes, sure. please. <laughs> you have two seven-year-olds and a two-year-old? Yep. Fantastic. Okay. One of the greatest gifts I think we can give our kids is modeling, right? Is giving them pictures of what marriage looks like. Mm -hmm. And often we, and I include myself in this, we get our chores done and our kids are our chores. They're mm -hmm. fed and bathed and then in bed. And then we go about the relationship development part. 
right? Or the maintenance part or the connection part or whatever you want to call it. So not being weird, don't invite your kids in your bedroom. But a, a, a routine we established, my wife and I established years ago that has just been extraordinary is it's important for me to let my kids know they are not the most important thing in our household, mm-hmm. our marriage is, my relationship is. And so I want to demonstrate for them what that looks like. And so the moment I walk in my house, I get home or my wife gets home, the kids are home, is we have something called grown-up talk time. We call it talk time, and the kids roll their eyes. But we actually reverse what y'all do, and we do it right when I get home for 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Okay, It does cost me sunlight. It does cause me some guilt sometimes because I think I should just run home and jump into dadding. Yeah. Um, and dadding means running around activities and kicking a soccer ball or whatever. And when my daughter was little, then that meant my son was playing with her and they were connecting. So you have two twin twins that can play and they develop a relationship with the two year old and their job is for 30 minutes to connect. But what they get to see is every day, dad or mom, they stop what they're doing and the world revolves around this union. And here's what it looks like. It's them talking. Mm-hmm. and they get a picture of it. And it does cost me 30 minutes, but I'm playing a long game here, which is I want my kids to know this parenting thing doesn't work if we're not good. Mm-hmm. And we can only be good if we're intentional. And so I'm just trying to set up a picture, and they'll my kids will come running in. Oh, Dad! And I'll be like, ah, hold on. And they'll go, oh, it's talk time. <laughs> and then they will, and I'll hear them, hey, you want to come play? And they're in the, I, my kids are six years apart, and they'll be like, okay and then they go play legos or whatever and then me and my wife catch up what's going on how are things going and sometimes she's like two things are good go play with your kids and then we'll leave sometimes it turns into two hours and the kids are like we didn't get time with you and i'll say well you got all the rest of your life with me (laughs) um but me and your mom were talking tonight and it's that steady drumbeat of this marriage is the epicenter of this this household right so anyway that's just an idea i'd love to hear another family try that out and see how it works yeah, yeah, I love that perspective. Um, and yeah, we'll give it a try because that's something that's why we have these lessons of it's never too late to try something new, to fix something, to communicate and and and, and change your meta- your marriage for the better. Um, if it's a disaster, let me know. Just okay. put the headline. This was an idiotic idea. <laughs> we'll, send you, we'll send the two-year-old over to your house. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, well, appreciate y'all so much. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. We learned something from you every time we hear you. And so I loved uh, all you had um, on our podcast today now. So how, how can our listeners um, you know, reach out to you or hear more from you? Um, where should they go? Yeah, we've got a call-in radio show or or a podcast for real people with real challenges to call in. So you can subscribe to the Dr. John Deloney Show. After you listen to this podcast, then the Marriage Puzzle Podcast, then I'd love to have you come over and join us at the Dr. John Deloney Show. I host Dave Ramsey's show. I co-host with him sometimes and some of our other Ramsey personalities. And you can find out more. You can follow me at John Deloney on the internet at the various whatever, social media stuff, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, um, love to have you join us. And I'm so grateful for you too. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate your time and uh, you have a great day. Thank All right. Take care. Good folks. Appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Marriage Puzzle Podcast. New episodes release every week on Monday. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Marriage Puzzle. 
Make sure you check out our website, marriagepuzzle.com, where you can find blog posts releasing on the 1st and 15th of every month. And if this is your first time checking out our podcast, we hope that you'll leave us a rating and that you'll go back and check out episodes one and two of the podcast, where you'll get to learn a little bit about why we named the podcast Marriage Puzzle and a little bit more about our story. And as always, we hope to see you back here next week, where together we'll work on marriage one puzzle piece at a time. Thank you.